Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us as always. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, that is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. We'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. You can join us on the Ceasefire text line. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, where I do, where Brian and Michael do. Sorry, where Haydad and Michael do. In Ceasefire country. Did I do something wrong? Brian, come talk to me. Uh, you did nothing no, no, wrong. right? cspire.com slash business. Middle of the week. I think it'd be really cool. There's so much to get to. If we can kind of get into the games that are happening this week today. I mean, there's a ton of stuff, right? But it, it's it, the, the stuff is not going anywhere. Mississippi State has an open athletic director's position. If Mark Keenum hires somebody in the next three hours, we will stop whatever we're talking about and talk exclusively about that. Auburn's got an opening at football coach. John Cohen's the new AD at Auburn. Lane Kiffin's name is mentioned on every single list. All that stuff's out there. Spent a lot of time on it the last couple of days. We got weeks to talk about it, we think. We've also got a... It's the weekend of the year. Spectacular does not feel like a strong enough word to describe the weekend that is coming up. And really, it's the weekend of the year for the SEC. There are a few other games that kind of grab your attention nationally, but this is the SEC Spotlight Weekend. One versus two in Athens, top 15 matchup, Mississippi State hosting Auburn. couple of, I, I mean, I, I know we're not necessarily that interested in it, but Missouri-Kentucky's kind of a big deal for both of those teams that are now trying to get to bowl eligibility. And Clemson's at Notre Dame, which, by it, the it way, is. I have a feeling NBC regrets putting that game up against Alabama-LSU. I kind of feel like they wish they would have done that one at 11 a.m. because the 11 a.m. slate is not really 
Anything worth writing home about? A bit of a blunder there from the execs. Yeah, yeah. And you want to talk about somebody that wishes they had a do-over? You think CBS would like to rewind to this summer and have this as one of their doubleheader Saturdays <laughs> instead of? Well, well, we had a couple. CBS of- would probably like to. CBS probably like to rewind quite a bit further and just say, you know what, we'll keep that SEC deal right where we had it, and we'll pay the money. We're good. You know, we're we're okay with three hundred million. We, yeah, we, we value you. You value us. You need us. We need you. Let's let's all sing Kumbaya. And yet, they're not going to do that. And so, you know, on a weekend like this next year, instead of CBS having Georgia against Tennessee, number one versus number two, or three weeks ago having Tennessee, Alabama, was that was that good television? Did that did that look good on television? I'm trying to remember. It was one of the more visually appealing college football games you can watch. Yeah, it was. Instead. Next year, CBS will have, no disrespect intended, Purdue and Rutgers. <laughs> the, the Big Ten's well, number two game this weekend is a mix between Penn State, Indiana, or Michigan State, Illinois. That is, that is the game yeah. they'll get when that is that one. Ugh. Michigan State, Illinois is probably, that's a 230 kick as it is. That will probably be your game of the week on CBS. As opposed you know how, to number one versus number two, Georgia versus Tennessee. Do you know how bad the Big Ten slate is this week? I'll tell you how bad it is. Fox. It's rough. Big, big nude on Fox. Not this weekend. Dude. Not this nah. weekend. Not from Big Ten country. FS1 has Iowa Purdue. ESPN2 at 11 a.m. has Minnesota-Nebraska. ABC gets Ohio State at Northwestern. What did Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge do to deserve that assignment? That's gross. Two games on the Big Ten Network, Maryland-Wisconsin and Michigan-Illinois. Penn State at Indiana, middle of the afternoon. That's Bob Wischusen. And then another Big Ten Network game, Michigan at Rutgers on Saturday night. That's what the Big Ten's got. Now, look. A week from now, Big Ten slate's pretty good. Pretty good. Wisconsin at Iowa, Nebraska at Michigan. Maybe not a great. Okay, it's really not very good next week either. It's not very good. They got two good teams, and then there's Illinois, who's just sort of an interesting story. They're not a pleasant team to watch though either. I mean, I guess the final week of the regular season where you get Nebraska, Iowa, and you get Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan State, Penn State, and Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, I guess that's I guess that's their spotlight time. But guess what? There's some rivalry games in the SEC. They're gonna grab a little spotlight that weekend as well. Game there. There's one game there. I mean, you know, the, the rivalries are fun. I love Paul Bunyan's axe, but what are we doing? Yeah. Yikes. Remember going into this season how Bay it felt the like Blue the... Ox. <laughs> Like the Big Ten was getting close to the SEC in terms of of teams and ability to compete, they're not anywhere close. Nah, nope. No, nope. Ohio State's capable. CJ Stroud, Michigan's it, capable. And I was, you know, Ohio State and Michigan are capable. Uh, Penn State is a a solid tier nah. two. And then, I mean, because remember what they did to Auburn. Now everybody's <laughs> doing that to Auburn, but still, they did that to Auburn. Uh, you know, Penn State Arkansas would be a heck of a football game. In fact, it was in bowl season last year. But the drop off is dramatic yeah. after that. 
I saw and, somebody describe C.J. Stroud as a sniper, by the way, after the Penn State game. I thought that was a really good analogy. The, the passes he threw late in that game on the road in Happy Valley were sniper-esque. Just perfectly thrown footballs over and over and over and over and over again. That dude is a superstar that not enough people around here have had a chance to watch fully just for obvious reasons. Yeah. And we can just enjoy him for what he is in college right now. It doesn't have to be what he projects as. I mean, all we couldn't wait to see what Justin Fields did in the NFL. He was great at Ohio State. He was fun to watch at Ohio State. Hey, we can just enjoy guys for what they are. This was not intended to be a beat up on the Big Ten segment. It was well, just was to praise. point out. Yes, it was just <laughs> to point out that the spotlight is on the SEC this weekend. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, there's a part of you that's like, man, I kind of wish we were participating. But I think there's a larger part where it's like, yeah. Yep, there are great games this weekend, and we are going to sit back, and we are going to prop up our feet. We're not taking a loss, not getting a win, not taking a loss this weekend. Eight and one, let's just watch some football, boys. I need to develop a head cold or something so I don't I don't go to the stadium on Saturday. Just, ah, I can't. I, just, I got I a mean, COVID-like symptom. I don't have and the I'm authority gonna have to, to make this call. You stay home. Use two screens, live tweet the state game, make some content. Who says you got to be oh, there? Oh, I can do all that, yeah. yeah you have to be yeah, there you know. if you don't want to be. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I hear a cough. Uh, better question, if <laughs> is John Cohen going to be there? Will he be in attendance? Great great question. I, 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 I can't wait to find out the answer. I don't know the answer. I mean, surely he would be there with his team on the first week that he's the AD, but maybe that's a little too raw. I don't know. I don't know. Oh no, I disagree. I, I, well, I mean, I, I, I disagree. How can you disagree? I said I don't know. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, <laughs> I, I disagreed with the premise that he might not. Um, and and maybe he won't. Maybe maybe you're right. If this thing was still in limbo and he had not officially been announced, no question, he stays away. Right. Auburn University is now, now paying $1.5 million a year to be its athletics director, and he's on the job. And guess what? When you're the AD at an SEC school and they're playing another SEC school, you're there. You get a special box. You know, yeah, it's it's in the press box. I know. I it's right next to, to the visitor's radio uh, box down on the far end. I, do, I don't know if they do this at Ole Miss. They might. But at State, they always do like Mississippi State University welcomes Dr. Whoever the is Chris Roberts. Is that his name? Yeah. So they always do that for the university president and the athletic director. Never yeah. heard anybody get booed before at, like on the PA. It? Yeah, they always like Mississippi State University would like to welcome Doctor So and So and whoever the athletic director is, you know, to to Davis Wade Stadium. Blah blah blah. I've never heard anybody get booed before, though. I don't. I don't think Strickland got booed. So, so, let so me, I'm let interested. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. If you're Mississippi State, do you just delete that from the script? And not acknowledge perhaps. it, or perhaps, perhaps. do you do it with more fanfare than ever to get yeah. that reaction in the stadium? Be petty. Petty's might, fun. I'm I'm a big fan of petty. I'm a big fan of petty. You know me. I love the smoke, but I don't know. I don't know what state will do. If you're John Cohen, and I think you're going to this game, right? I mean, you're the AD. You 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 are making a lot of money as the AD. I, I, you got to go. I'm sorry if it's uncomfortable. Be a grown man. You made the decision. It's all good. 
And I'm not knocking the decision. I'm just saying you made the decision. So now you've got to go do something uncomfortable for four hours on a Saturday, get through it, and move on. But I'm wearing a black SEC logoed pullover, probably not walking in with a big old blazing orange AU. I think you can get away with it. The best. The best. Sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk Mississippi. Super talk Mississippi. See, I got a theory. I got a theory that Fan anger is different than colleague anger, media anger, maybe. So the idea, and and Lee sends us a message that says, the plan may have changed, but as of Sunday morning, John was not planning to be at the game on Saturday. If I were the president of Auburn, I'd say, yeah, no, 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 no. You're you're the athletics director at Auburn University. You're, you're going to be at our football game. It's a conference game. You'll be there. You need to see this team. You need to watch them more closely than you probably have at any point in this season. You need to watch what's happening with the coaching staff on the sideline. In the event that anything pops up out of the ordinary, the AD needs to be there as a representative of the, of the school. Yeah, you're going to be at the game. But, so what's the level of discomfort, right? I mean, we're like, oh, he's not going to feel comfortable. I mean, what, maybe a couple of fans yell at you walking into the stadium? But, hey, Dad, once he walks through the gates of that stadium and walks around the corner to the elevator to go up to the press box, that's the end of it. I mean, are you going to have some media member, like, spit in his face? Are you going to have some radio guy that, like, tries to fight him? My guess is no. And for the most part... a safe guess, yeah. My, for the po- most part, my guess is people, whether they like him or not, will reach out and they'll shake his hand and they'll say good luck or see you down the road or just ignore him. There are, there are a lot of people that will be in that press box who, until a week ago, he was their boss and treated them well. Right? The, the, the really nice lady at the table when you walk in? I mean, what's she going to do? Shoot the bird at John? Oh. Okay. First off, I would pay a couple hundred bucks to see Miss Susan shoot the bird at John. I think that would be really funny. But secondly, correct. Not, nothing like that is going to happen. So, 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 where does it? it do, do you get what I'm asking? I mean, I, yes. I understand it's fresh and it's a little raw, but it's the athletics it, director. It's not the coach. The, the it's awkwardness. Not a player. It's the AD. The awkwardness. The awkwardness is all on John if he decides not to come. Like if if I see John Cohen, I'll either not speak to him, or if he if I get close enough to him, I'll be like, Hey, John, how are you doing? Good to see you. Congratulations. And I'm, I go to my my, my seat, you know, I'm not up there. I'm not up there for controversy. So yeah, You're not like it, trying it, to just, trip him just, when he walks by. No, no. So, I, I didn't do that with Glenn Boyce when I saw him, and I won't do it with John Cohen either. I, I'm confused about the the angst around the game. 
Because I, I did a live stream last night and had a couple people saying things like, well, just why would he do this when the game is happening Saturday? I don't know if you've noticed, but Auburn football sucks right now. They're, they're bad, okay? They just fired their coach. And an AD going from one side to the other will have zero, and I mean zero, impact on the outcome of the game. Because a guy asked me last night, he's like, well, John Cohen goes to practice. What, what, he could give Auburn some inside. He will not and cannot give Auburn inside. And Richard, I'm going to steal your line, what you said to me during the break. It's not like it's a secret what Mike Leach is going to do offensively <laughs> on Saturday, right? I mean, everybody knows what he's going to run. He has, this is his play sheet. Right here, with like 10 words on it. I mean, everybody knows what Mike Leach does. John Cohen, while I assume a smart guy, and he was a baseball coach for a long time, I'm sure he understands football pretty well, but he couldn't give Cadillac Williams some secrets that would win the game for Auburn on Saturday. It impacts the game not at all. I don't understand that line of thinking. It changes nothing about the outcome. It's like the people that think that what we say impacts games. Like, oh, we need to focus on Tulsa. No, we don't. We're not playing. Oh, how dare John Cohen go to the other side when there's a game Saturday? Because it's not going to impact the game. I did did like this. Somebody said he should walk from the Mississippi State sideline to the Auburn sideline at half at halftime, kind of like the president does at the Army Navy game. <laughs> I don't think he's welcome on the Mississippi State sideline <laughs> in the first half. It sounds but, like Mike no. Leach had a, a lot of good things to say about him. I think Leach would be okay with that. I think they had a good relationship. Yeah, I mean, that's not. That's not. That's not. He is the one that the hired him and gave him five million dollars and then an extra 500K five hundred k a year. And yeah, no. I would like that person, too. It's just me. Dale from the Delta says, I think it's a secret who is available for the game. It doesn't affect preparation, Dale. It does not. Who who is available does not change the way you play. I mean, unless we know for sure that Will Rogers is not playing. Nothing changes about how Mississippi State plays if they're down two wide receivers or two offensive linemen or down a running back. Or Jaden Crumity's back this week on the defensive yeah, line. If anything, State's getting healthier than, than the alternative. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of amused by the whole thing. If it's uncomfortable, I'm there for it, right? I mean, watching yeah, people be in great, uncomfortable great, situations great can be great theater. Yeah. More on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Uh, DJ Durkin was a worse situation for Ole Miss than John Cohen is for Mississippi State. And I mean, what what are we without comparing the two schools when that has absolutely nothing to do with what Wait, we're talking about? What do you mean, more, like in terms of like having well, inside information? In Durkin would have had actual, like I know some of what Kiffin likes to do in tendencies. Yeah. And, and signs. He would have had coaching. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yes, exactly. exactly. But as not Richard said earlier, it's not a coach. It's a guy that wears a tie to games, maybe. It's more of a... Yeah, he does wear a tie, like, under a zip Come on, wear a tie. Under the zip-up, yeah. Yeah, so the ADs, the presidents, and the pledges are wearing ties to games. They they don't impact the outcome. (laughs) Yeah. There's a couple in the press box. Uh, I guess I should apologize. Somebody says, I thought we were talking more football and less Cohen, etc. We can't avoid it. We've got stuff planned, though. We do. 
uh, including a conversation with John Cox, the radio play-by-play voice of Southern Miss. That's coming up in our next segment. We got the uh, initial college football playoff poll last night. We'll, we'll need more time than this. But let's just kind of rip through it quickly. Tennessee 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, Clemson 4, Michigan 5, Alabama 6, TCU 7, Oregon 8, Southern Cal 9, LSU, 2 loss LSU at 10, 1 spot in front of Ole Miss at 11. I I am curious, Borky, I just want to pull my list up from yesterday and see how it closed. I I know it's not exact. Uh, I had Tennessee 1, I had Georgia 2, they're 3. I had TCU three, they're seven, which was kind of predictable. It's just where I thought they deserved to be. I had Ohio State four, they're two. I had Michigan five, that's where they are. I had Clemson six, they're at four. I had Alabama seven, they're at six. Eh, so, you know, right team's wrong order. Yeah. Any issues with the uh, with the top of the playoff poll? Uh, some. Uh, for- yeah. And I know these things work themselves out, but not always. People say that too much. Oh, it always works itself out. Not completely. TCU, in the first year, TCU could have won the championship that year the way they were playing. So these things matter. And right now, hearing the committee chair, when asked about, you know, why is Clemson where they are? Why is TCU where they are? Why is Alabama where they are? And his answer on TCU is, well, you know, we want a complete team, and and, and they've been down in, in games. Well, okay, but they've won them. And then, like two questions later, he talks about Ohio State being number two because they were so impressed by their comeback victory at Penn State. It's like, so TCU gets punished for being behind in games. Ohio State gets rewarded for being behind in games. The inconsistency is the issue for me. You know what bothers me a little bit? And I, hey, Dad, I think you would agree with this. I think. Every year we come up with a new way to measure teams. We got strength of record. We've got more time trailing versus more time leading. How about you watch the games and look at the final scores and rank people based on who they beat? Where they beat them and what they look like doing it. Well, that's what that is, Richard. Is that's code for we're just going to rank these teams however the hell we want to, and we don't have any oversight. And the big names are always going to be at the top, and that's just how it goes. So they just come up with these different these different terms, different different reasons for that. So, so, so when Boo Corrigan tells me. We've got Clemson over Michigan because of the weakness of Michigan's non-conference schedule. And I look at Clemson's non-conference schedule, and I see that they played Furman and somebody else. Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech. You lose me. Why don't you just tell me Clemson's got three top 25 wins? And we think that's the differentiating factor between them and Michigan at this point of the season. That makes a whole lot more sense. Southern Miss hosting Georgia State. We'll talk to John. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Beyond the boundaries of your city's lights, stand the heroes waiting for your cry. 
back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us, as always, on the C Spire text line. But right now, we will go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. John Cox joins us right now. He is the radio play-by-play voice of the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. And, John, before we get specifically into this game, we spent so much time throughout the summer talking about how excited people were about the transition to the Sunbelt Conference. You're now in the middle of it. You're, you're going through this. Has it been as much fun as you anticipated it was going to be? Oh, I think it's been more fun, Richard. Uh, it's uh, it's been really exciting, particularly the other night, uh, that uh, Thursday night ball game at the Rock, ESPN two, and uh, you know two pretty good teams, and the Golden Eagles able to to knock off Louisiana. It, I think I think everything about the Sun Belt has been uh, positive and been a lot of fun. I mean, there was uh, last Thursday before that ball game, uh, driving around town wherever you stopped, you know, to get a hot chocolate or something in the morning or get you a biscuit to bring to the office, whatever it might be, everybody wanted to talk about Golden Eagle football. And I think that's uh, a credit goes to a lot of the credit goes to Will Hall. He's done an amazing job of kind of igniting the Golden Eagle fan base uh, mm-hmm. again like it hadn't been in a few years. And so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. That was a great uh, Thursday night uh, to kind of showcase the Golden Eagles and Hattiesburg and Southern Miss. So uh, it's a lot of fun. But I think it's a little – a little more exciting, maybe, than people even imagined it might be. John, are you a hot chocolate guy? I am a hot chocolate guy with with extra whipped cream. A hot chocolate guy with extra whipped cream. All right, so a little bit of a sweet fix in the morning. I try to make it just when I make it at home. I try to make it like my mom did way back in the days on those cold mornings in Middletown, Ohio, before you had to. I had to walk two blocks to Wildwood Elementary School. There you go. That'll keep you warm on the way to school. All right. So, was that a did did that start out as a wintertime only thing, and somewhere along the way became year round? Well, you know, I came to Hattiesburg, and there wasn't quite as much winter as there used to be in Middletown, Ohio. <laughs> That's a good imagine. point. So, so you had to have it sometimes in March and April and September and October. All right, John. So let's go back to last Thursday night. Thirty nine twenty four was the final. It was. There was a little more offense from from Southern Miss. I mean, the the numbers don't blow you away when you just look at the box score, but this is a team that largely has been winning with defense. Did, did we see a little progression on the offensive side, do you think, last week? Oh, there's no question about it. I think a lot of it uh, goes to some of the young guys that are starting to play. Uh, guys like Chandler Pittman, Zach Wilkie at quarterback. You know, he's got several games under his belt now and, and starts to is playing a lot more with a lot more confidence than maybe he did uh, early in the year. But uh, again, uh, and then uh, Ty Mims, another young receiver from down in Bay Minette, uh, Alabama. Some of those young guys on the offensive side and those old veterans up in the offensive line and the the receivers and the running back, everybody's starting to play a little better. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of catching. You know, everybody's starting to play a little bit better, and so and the crowd was into it. So uh, I think I think uh, there's a lot to be excited about with this uh, Golden Eagle offense as it continues to mature here over the next few ball games. All right. So I mentioned the defense a second ago, and to me, it's really incredible that that Southern Miss is having as much success defensively as they are. 
considering that they're missing what two two of the maybe most important pieces that you thought there were going to be going into the season at linebacker. Oh yeah, well you got Swayze, Bozeman, and Hayes Maples. Who, yeah. gosh, I don't know how many combined games they played in their careers. I know Swayze uh, is in his fourth year after playing two years at Colin, and I think Hayes Maples was going to enter his fifth or sixth year this year. But I tell you what's really it really has gotten better. You know, we got three guys really playing at linebacker right now. Santrell, Latham, TQ, Newsom, and Dalen Gill are the three guys that really are holding down those linebacker spots. But uh, really the key so far, I think, on defense has been up there in that defensive front. There's about five or six guys who have joined the team this year that really have played at a high, high level. And so uh, they've made it awfully difficult for the opposing team to maybe run the football as effectively as they'd like to. So I think everybody's kind of picked up the slack. There's a great mixture of newcomers and old veterans in there on that nasty bunch of defense. So uh, I don't know that they've. it's been a surprise, but uh, what's been neat is to watch them get better and better each week. John, I would love it if you would tell me a little bit more, uh, maybe not even related to football, uh, about Frank Gore Jr. He he is already one of those guys that feels like he has been there a really long time. This is only his third season, and he's technically still classified as a sophomore. Two more years if, if he wants them. He's it, it feels like every time you look at a box score or you watch a game, he, he's impacting the game in some way. So... What do we need to know about Frank Gore Jr. that, that maybe we don't know? Well, one of the one thing he's he's one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to be around, and the, the second he's probably as hard a worker I've ever seen. You know, in the in the off season, you might glance out in the stadium, and there's Frank running up the steps or or running sprints, or you know has a football in his hand and and pretending like he's you know going into the end zone. And then in practice, you know, where a lot of guys if they're running a play and you know they break it off there, they get ten yards or so down the field. Frank, and I think he learned this from his dad. Frank will run the distance. If he's at the 50-yard line and they run a running play, they're in practice, and you know he just runs to the end zone, whether there's a defense there or not. He he always uh, you know thinks that he said that's where you're supposed to get, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run to the end zone. But uh, one of the nicest guys who've been around, very easy to work with, uh, very well spoken, probably a little shy. You know, you don't expect that to be out of your top running back, but there's probably a little bit of a, a shy Frank Gore that pops out every once in a while. But hard worker, loves to play the game of football, great team player, great uh, great teammate. Uh, the, the, his teammates love him. Uh, so he's just a guy that is maybe not like you would expect him to be, but a guy that does something every day, I think, to try to get better and better and help to find a way to help the Golden Eagles win. So Georgia State is the opponent this week. They come in 3-5. and five. They've got a win over Army, a win over Georgia Southern, and a win over Old Dominion. This is such a big game. Uh, this is the game that gives Southern Miss, if they win, uh, bowl eligibility. So w- when you look at this matchup, what are you looking at? What stands out for you? I just think they're they're one of those teams at Georgia State. I think it's three and five, but two and two in the Sun Belt. I think they're right. probably a little bit better than uh, maybe people give them credit for. You know, they 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 opened the season at South Carolina, then played North Carolina, they played Army, they played the Coastal Carolina. So they started the year zero and four. So a little bit similar to the Eagles. They got off to maybe not the quite the start they wanted to, but now they've bounced back. They've won three of their last four games with. 
the only loss to uh, at Appalachian State. So this is a team that uh, is, I think, a whole lot better than maybe the numbers and uh, the the visuals uh, kind of uh, show you. Uh, I think they're going to be uh, very difficult for the Golden Eagles even here at the Rock. So I'm looking forward to another one of those wild ones between uh, the Golden Eagles and uh, one of their new uh, buddies in the Sun Belt Conference. And I think Georgia State is capable of probably beating anybody in the league. And you got to get your A game out there and be ready to go because uh, they are a team that's probably playing their best football right now. And uh, I know they're looking at their final stretch run, Southern Miss, uh, Monroe, James Madison, and Marshall. And I, I know they're thinking, you know, we can make something special here down the stretch. So it'll be a good matchup, a great matchup at the Rock. I think we're going to have another great crowd, Richard, uh, here on the Saturday for at the Rock at Roberts Stadium. So, But Georgia State's a lot better than people probably give them credit for. And uh, Eagles will have their hands full on Saturday. Let me ask you about the crowd. Um, I thought what was there on Thursday night, the great student crowd, enthusiastic. Does it feel to you, John, like it's growing and, and maybe it's kind of trending in the right direction in terms of really getting M.M. Roberts Stadium back to a place where it's a, a true home field advantage? I really do. If you and I don't get to go walk around campus a whole lot before the ball game, but because uh, I get here early, and uh, I know like you do that too. You get there early, you like to sort of soak in the atmosphere. But when I got here the other morning before that night game, I was amazed as I was walking from my car towards the stadium how many people were already out there tailgating that had gotten there at the crack of dawn. Uh, as we got closer to game time, it was uh, it was really neat to watch our our student crowd start to fill in the rock and I mean they were there as early as they let them in the stadium on that the Thursday night so I do I sort of feeling it when I, I'm in the community you know it's a grocery store people are stopping you and want to know about Will Hall want to know about some of the Golden Eagle players want to know about the Sunbelt Conference so I, I get that feeling right now that uh, there's a lot of momentum growing between between our fans and following this uh, Golden Eagle football team so uh, it, it's starting to feel like it's supposed to feel and then uh, the student crowd at the ball game the other night I thought was incredible for that ball game against Louisiana so uh, I think a lot of a lot of positive things going on and you know Will Hall gets a lot of credit but so do our marketing people they're doing a great job of, of uh, showing everybody uh, what Southern Miss football is all about so uh, it's it's really it's really a lot of fun right now to see what's happening on campus and around the city of Hattiesburg and uh, around South Mississippi. His is a voice that you know well. It's John Cox, the voice of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. They have a game against Georgia State, 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon in Hattiesburg at the Rock. John, always enjoy the time. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us. I appreciate it. Enjoy listening to you guys every day. Wouldn't miss it uh, on my way home. So thanks for all you guys do for college football and uh, for sports around Mississippi. Thanks so much. That's John Cox joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. We'll take a quick time out. More coming up with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Happening in Mississippi sports. You'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Uh, 
adjusted at all your position on Southern Miss. You said they were going to win two more, go six and six, go to a bowl game. You, you looking at what they've got left and adjusting to seven and five? I'm possibly. Possibly. It just depends. This is a big game for them this week because I, I do agree yeah. with John that Georgia State is a team that can that can come in and beat Southern Miss. So if they get this one, though, yeah, for sure. Yeah. At Coastal Carolina next week, South Alabama, that'll be a tough assignment on November 19th. And uh, then they close it out in Monroe against ULM to uh, finish the regular season. Always enjoy, enjoy visiting with John. So he's a hot chocolate guy. We learned something new about John Cox today. Yeah. All right. Hey, Dad, I'm putting you to work. Okay? I'm All listening. Right. I need you to choose a number between one and three. One, two, or three. I'm not going to tell you. I, I, I have the winner. or the, the. Okay, so we had 11 people last week who got all six games correct, who correctly chose all six games. Ole Miss over A&M, right. Arkansas over Auburn, Georgia over Florida, Tennessee over Kentucky, Kansas State over Oklahoma State, and UCF over Cincinnati. 11 out of 343 entries that were submitted on time uh, went 6-0. and Of those, total number of points in the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game was 59. We had three people within three points, two at 56, one at 62. And we don't do the like closest to the actual price without going over. So, so from those three people, we will select one winner. I have a spreadsheet here with three highlighted names. I will not tell you what the names are or what order they were in, are in, you, though, must choose either one, two, or three. Three. Three is the number he chose, Bradley. And three being the number. Bradley is our winner. So, Bradley. Congrats, Bradley. You will have a package of Polk's Sausage and other products, perhaps. <laughs> Borky wins your way. every time. I laugh, Borky. You wins. really hate that, don't you, Borky? Sausage. It's just a bad sound. <laughs> yeah, that, that part right there. The sizzle. <laughs> Gotta have some sizzle <laughs> on your it's, it's sausage. Creepy, but it's funny. Yeah. Oh, it is it's a little funny. creepy. It's funny. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, so Bradley is our winner this week. He, by the way, had uh, 56. So I will send you, Bradley, a text message. We'll get your shipping information. And with that, I will let you know also that this week's Pick 6 is live and ready for your participation. On the website, supertalk.fm slash polks, here are the six games you are choosing this weekend. Auburn at Mississippi State. Georgia State at Southern Miss. Tennessee at Georgia, Alabama at LSU, Florida at Texas A&M, and Clemson at Notre Dame, or Notre Dame if you prefer. So those are the six this week. Tiebreaker is the total number of points in the Tennessee-Georgia game. That is available to you now at supertalk.fm slash polks. You have until Saturday morning at 1045 a.m. 
to get your picks in. It's free, it's easy, and it gives you a chance to win with Polks, which is great because picky people pick Polks. That was pretty good 6-0 and last week. You go six and zero with those with those six. Because picking uh, that can- the Kansas State one especially, that's a good. Pick that's right. If you, if you had an inkling on that one, yeah. No, you're uh, you're absolutely right. Um, we started talking about the college football playoff rankings that came out last night. Borky, you said you were kind of making the case for TCU, and you said you kind of grow weary. I'm, I'm my words, not yours, but that was the sentiment of the whole. It'll work itself out. And I get what you're saying, but I do think they're enough. They play each other's between now and the end of the year that, for the most part, this thing's going to work itself out. It is, or it can, certainly. But you're going to have a scenario, you possibly can have a scenario in which you've got a bunch of one-loss teams from power conferences. Play, play this out in your mind for a second. Alabama beats LSU, Tennessee beats Georgia. Georgia has one loss. They run the table. Tennessee finishes undefeated but loses to Alabama in the SEC championship. You have three SEC teams with one loss in that scenario. Winner of Ohio State and Michigan only lose to each other. So you have two Big Ten teams with just one loss. Clemson loses to Notre Dame, but they win the rest of their games, including the ACC. They've got one loss. You said Ohio State and Michigan only lose to each other? Yeah, like that's the the only loss between those two teams is whoever loses that game. So uh, one and of then, them is one of right. them's undefeated. I mean, unless you've got them losing to the Big Ten West opponent in the no. Big Ten championship game. So so then one of them makes it, but then what do you do with all of the other one losses? That's that's entirely possible. I think they could have a mess this year. What if Oregon doesn't lose again? See? Sports Talk Mississippi will be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back. Four o'clock hour with you. Sports Talk of Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort. Home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and you. Thanks for joining us. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. We talked with Brody Miller a couple of weeks ago. And, Brody, we were talking about Ole Miss and LSU at the time. By the way, Brody Miller writes at The Athletic, covers LSU. You should follow him on Twitter. Good good follow, better writer. Um, and there were so many unknowns still about LSU, right? And and now we fast forward a couple of weeks, and the sample size for Jaden Daniels is getting better. He's, uh, he's playing well. He's throwing it well. He's making plays with his feet. LSU appears to be getting healthier and now there's kind of a large game that's going to be under the lights on Saturday night in Tiger Stadium. This one's got a chance to be fun, doesn't it? 
<laughs> it does. And, and who would have thunk that, you know, even just two weeks ago, right? I mean, LSU going into that Florida game and was still just a pretty average team with plenty of issues and flaws. And it just didn't look like any of it was cohesive. And all of a sudden, and, and it's tough because you don't want to overreact to this two games, right? But suddenly this team does look different these last two games. And it all starts, obviously, with Jaden Daniels seemingly starting to click and and that's not uncommon right it's common for a transfer quarterback to take a like six seven or even sometimes a year to kind of get that that flow but all of a sudden he's looking confident he's making those throws downfield he's trusting LSU's quite frankly really deep and talented receiving core and it just changed everything about this football team overnight in a way where they they were able to put up 42 on on Florida. They were able to put up 45 and on Ole Miss and, and start firing, which is I think the big change in, in how this has gone. So yeah, you know it's obviously not a perfect team, and and who knows if it's even really a top 10 team. But it is a team that can compete now. And and, and yeah, sure, I expect Alabama to win this football game. But there's a lot of things you can convince yourself where it's like, hey man, maybe LSU does match up well here. And and who would have thunk that? Like we said two weeks ago. So let's stay with the quarterback for a second, Brody. So there are some things that Jaden Daniels does really well. I mean, we don't even have to talk about his feet, right? I mean, the, the the ability to get outside, to make guys miss, you know, open field speed, vision, all of that is there. But I am a little curious about the passing game. I, I thought they kind of got him into a rhythm early against Ole Miss a couple of weeks ago. He got pretty confident in the middle of the field I know he hit a couple of deep balls, but I didn't think he looked good. I, I didn't think he made good throws, and I thought he kind of benefited from Ole Miss playing some of those poorly. You, you think about the pass interference, first or second drive of the game where he takes a deep shot down the sideline, DB never finds it, knocks the guy off, but that was a ball that just kind of hung in the air and wobbled, and then the one going the other direction toward the, the student section, that ball hung in the air forever, and was misplayed by the DBs as well. Have you seen times where you thought he's really throwing the deep ball well, or is that still a work in progress? The Florida game, for sure. The Florida game, I think he okay. was like nine of nine of eleven for long balls, like twenty yards downfield. I mean, he was, and that was the breakthrough game, right? That was the one where he. Because to, to be clear, that was the question. I'm completely with you through six weeks of like. He just wasn't confident for so much of the year. It wasn't like he didn't throw a good football. It was just he never looked confident to just throw it unless the guy was already, like, completely open. And that Florida game, you finally saw him just kind of grip it and rip it to some extent. And that's what yeah. Brian Kelly had been asking to do all year. And that's and you saw LSU's, you know, Kayshawn Booty, Brian Thomas, Blake Neighbors. He just put it up in them in one-on-ones, threw good footballs, and they just won the one-on-ones over the corners every single time. And the Ole Miss game was a little different. Yeah, that, that ball to Dre Jenkins, no doubt. That was like a weird, ugly throw. It took him too long to notice it. I thought he made a few other pretty nice ones downfield. Or maybe not downfield, but I think the difference in what I'm seeing was is – the, the ability to like hit that 15 yard out and that sharp, yes, you know, like yes. fall to the sideline. That just, I mean, that wasn't accurate or effective or confident three weeks ago. That's the difference. And the old Miss game was so interesting because that was a different game plan. It was like, the game was entirely in his hands. It was all RPOs. It was all reading the safeties and all him making the decisions. So, like, the run game, that was him keeping it, when to hand it off, when to throw those quick passes. That was just a really impressive game for his kind of evolution as a signal caller. But you're right. He didn't have, like, an elite passing game. But I think the Florida game he did. But I'll end all of that with neither Ole Miss or Florida are exactly top ten defenses. So I still want to see it against Alabama to really fully buy in. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. On, on the ball where there's some zip on it, like the, the 15-yard out, the 20-yard dig route, I, I was really impressed with that. It was the when you throw the bomb, right, the, the home run ball that, that I thought, yeah, maybe that was not working out quite as well. I, I, I tell you what did work out, um, at number 40 on defense for uh, LSU. <laughs> Lane Kiffin talked about it after the ball game, and, and he said, you know, he, he hadn't played a whole lot, and I wish he hadn't played a whole lot today. Um, th- this freshman linebacker, Harold Perkins Jr., wow. He's got a chance to kind of be the next special defensive player at LSU, doesn't he? It does start to feel like that, yeah. I mean, it, it's we all expect him to be really good, right? Top 10 recruit was a massive gift for Brian Kelly, but, you know, you, you just never know if a guy's going to, you know, he'd be like in his little spots and his flashes look good. What he's done the last few weeks, he's officially become a player that you just can't take off the field, which was obviously kind of the story of that Ole Miss game where he's been on the field a little bit all year, but you were able to see Tennessee and, and, and even teams like Ole Miss sometimes, you know, with that complete spread out scheme, kind of neutralized that because it basically put LSU in a situation of, hey, you're probably not going to play with two true outside linebackers and you're kind of stuck for choosing between Harold Perkins and B.J. Ojolari, which I'd say these days are your two best players. So it's it's a really tough thing. And what's so wild about that Ole Miss game, and Ojolari still had a good game and pass rush, third down, like he's obviously going to be a first-round pick. But they chose Perkins over Ojolari, and part of that's matchup, of course, but they needed his pass coverage and, and ability to stop the run and just get sideline to sideline, and he changed that football game. I mean, he he's probably going to be more of an inside linebacker the next two years, but I think mentally he's probably not there yet. But he is just special. He's one of the fastest players on the field. There's a lot of Devin White in him. He has this relentlessness to him. He And now I think matchup-wise, Alabama, Arkansas, and A&M, they, they should be able to have no problem getting both Ojolari and Perkins on the field at all times. And, man, I mean, this defense isn't perfect, but that's a really good defense when those two are together. Yeah. 6'2", 220, can run, chiseled out of granite. That that feels like a pretty good combination. I, I'm not – you know, I'll be interested to see if they move him to the inside like you were talking about because it feels like he can do a lot when he's lined up outside or in kind of one of those hybrid spots. So – I don't Agreed. know. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll see where that one goes. All right. So this Saturday, uh, it's LSU Alabama, which generally speaking, in and of itself, is enough. Place is going to be insane from from a uh, from like an environment standpoint. The, the the night game that LSU covets so greatly, and an Alabama team that has looked more human than Alabama teams have in the past. Tell me why LSU can pull the upset, even though you said a second ago you don't think they will. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I I think there's some things where okay, for starters, what's LSU's biggest, you know, probably weakness. Their corners aren't exactly gonna, you know, they're they're pretty they allow some explosiveness in the past the game. It isn't a great group of corners. Well, this isn't your recent Alabama team where they have those elite downfield guys who take the top off, you know? They haven't really been able to get that explosiveness when teams have kind of dared them. And and obviously Bryce Young is fantastic and we can get to him in a second, but that kind of, that one big flaw, okay, maybe that's not too big of a concern. And what's the other thing with Alabama? Their offensive line, I mean, borderline below average, which is just crazy to say it's for an Alabama team, but I think they're mm-hmm. like an 80th in stuff rate nationally, like 113th in power success rate. Like, they can get beat in the trenches, and LSU, as you saw against Ole Miss, they got some guys in the trenches from Ojolari, Makai Wingo, Jaqueline Roy. I mean, they got guys there. So on that side of the ball, again, I'm still giving advantage Bryce Young, 
But when you just look at it from a literal matchup point of view, it's like, all right, I kind of like how LSU matches up. And on the other side, again, the other side is almost entirely dependent on just do you buy Jaden Daniels, how he's looked the last two weeks or not. Because if you do, if this version of him that can both, you know, keep teams on their toes in the passing game and keep them on the um, with the RPOs in the run game, yeah, I mean, this the last two weeks, LSU's looked like a really good offense. They moved the ball consistently, and, you know, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but LSU's two true freshman offensive tackles, Will Campbell and Emory Jones, they're kind of playing like borderline all-SEC guys. They've been really good, and they're going to, um, don't get me wrong, they're probably going to lose that battle to Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, and all them, but they can hold their own there. So, Again, I'm just kind of building the case for why they might be able to. But uh, And like we said, LSU's receivers are fantastic when they get used. So in a lot of just grand, big-picture, stepping-away stuff, LSU matches up well. But at the end of the day, it's just Bryce Young's really tough to beat, and Nick Saban's really good when he has two weeks to game plan for you. Yeah, and, and the other thing, I mean, I feel like I'm breaking news to you here, and, and we're out of time. I, I think Alabama's linebackers are a little better than Ole Miss's, and, and I think they might be For sure. uh, a little more suited to try to handle Daniels. Uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Brody, uh, thanks agree. as always for your time. Great insight, good stuff. Look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks as always. Take care. Brody Miller, The Athletic, covers LSU. Good stuff there. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will be back. We'll get back to the college football playoff poll and more after this. Place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. If we only had a 12-team playoff, Sports Talk Mississippi back with you. Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week, trending toward the weekend. You can be a part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do right here in Seaspire country. Check them out online, ceasefire.com slash business. If we had a 12-team playoff. Borky, does last night not further underscore the idiocy, the lunacy, the sheer madness in terms of the way people who are like, oh, bigger playoff would ruin the regular season, does it not just like mean that we should take those people and send them to a place where they can get help? Yeah. Like maybe an asylum with straitjackets? I, I don't understand it, especially when they say things like, oh, well, but, but you might get a rematch. Oh, that sounds terrible. I would have hated to see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen play again. Man, I don't want to see that. If Alabama and LSU was epic, right? Epic on Saturday. 
Mm-hmm. Right, no, for, forget that. We've already seen an epic game. Alabama-Tennessee. That was an epic football game. You're telling me you wouldn't want to see round two? Why do you think successful movies make sequels? You want to know how, like, Lord of the Rings, right? They made three because the first one was incredible. So people wanted more. Uh, the, it, doesn't, the, it doesn't always work that way. doesn't always, but in this case, it'll work. Alabama LSU, if they happen to play an incredible football game, you're telling me you're not going to check that game out again? You're insane. I would love to watch Alabama get another shot at Tennessee, if that's what it takes. Based I'm watching solely on last night's poll, and we know that's not the final one, right? I mean, we got you, 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 not even close. You got Ole Miss and Alabama playing next weekend. You got LSU and Alabama playing this weekend. You got Tennessee and Georgia playing this weekend. You got Ohio State, Michigan still to play. I mean, yeah, Southern Cal and UCLA still have to play each other. There are a lot of matchups just among the top ten teams, but. If it was today, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson all would get a first-round bye. UCLA would be at Michigan. Ole Miss would be at Alabama. Sorry, I paused and hesitated there for a second. (laughs) I don't know how appetizing that sounds, but they would be in the playoff. Wait, are are you sure you've got that right? That's six eleven, right? I mean, f- five twelve, six eleven, seven ten, eight nine is how it would but, go, right? So the the way I'm looking at this from unless Ross is wrong, the the Tennessee would be the one, Ohio State two, Clemson three, TCU four, because you have to be a conference champion to get the oh, bye. Oh, I forgot about that's that. right. I so, forgot about that. So Ohio or Ole Miss would be at Michigan. The Shea Patterson Bowl. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Hold on. Ole Miss going to Ann Arbor oh. in like the second the big weekend house? of December, third weekend of December? Oh, yeah. Yes. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to say. Because, you know, I don't want Ole Miss in the playoff. You know that I, You know that's the case. Mm-hmm. But my God, that would be an incredible football game to watch. Ole Miss with the all whites in the in the snow. And that's an Ole Miss team that runs the ball that way in the snow. I mean, I, I'm locked in. I'm watching every snap. It's two teams that their identity is running the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Harbaugh, like Kiffin, really good running back. And, and things will change Never too. for Michigan harder in my life, but there it is. The, the other ones are, are Alabama LSU, so a, a, a rematch there, what it would be. But again, they're about to play each other. That will disrupt this some. Georgia Tulane, you're going to have one of those in most of these. A game that is not going to be pretty, but you've already got that in the current playoffs. So, and Oregon USC in Eugene. Which is, I mean, again, that's today. It's not how it's going to shake out, right? Because you're still going to have USC and UCLA play each other, and you're going to have Oregon and USC. Do they play in the regular season? Or would they only match up in the conference championship game? 
I don't believe they play in the regular season. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do not play each other in the regular season. Oregon's remaining games. They've actually got a couple of tough ones. They, yeah. uh, you know, they're in Colorado this weekend. We can bypass that. Yes. Uh, they're they're hosting Washington, hosting Utah, and then going to ranked Oregon State to end the season. The former Civil War. I was yeah. going to say they don't call that the Civil War anymore, do they? I wonder no. what they're doing no, we with had, that. We, we talked. We talked about it this summer. We were we we said that they they had the platypus trophy, and we we said they got to call it Phil. Yeah. Mm. I wonder if they're going to play that somewhere else though, because Oregon State is literally only using half of their stadium because of renovations right now. Probably not. I would imagine they play they would still uh, still played at home. They've already played a game in Portland, I believe, this year where the Timbers play, which most of That's you are probably cool stadium, learning. By the way. Is it is a team that it exists? Is a cool stadium. Yeah, I was just curious what the weather was going to be in Boulder on Saturday night. This is that time of year where you could, you know, it could snow. It's not. It's going to be fifty-eight on Saturday night in Boulder. So um, we're getting there. Should, shouldn't be any issue. Shouldn't shouldn't be any issue for Oregon in that one. All right. So where where do you draw the line in these rankings this first edition of the rankings in terms of teams that because we don't have a 12 team playoff in terms of teams that could finish in the top 4 Michigan could get there at 5 I think we all believe there's a path for Alabama at 6 they got to beat LSU went out get the SEC championship game win the SEC championship game if Alabama does that, they're in the playoff, period. TCU wins out, are they in? Depends on what else happens. It just depends now because they're seventh. Other things have to happen for them to get in. I mean, they've already established the precedent, too, right? If Alabama runs the table with their loss and TCU runs the table without one, guess who's getting the spot? You gotta take into account margin of opponents victory in a loss. Yeah. Especially in games that statistics. kicked off between two thirty and four thirty in the Eastern time zone. That's a very important analytic. All right, well let me ask you this. Here's the remaining schedule for TCU. Texas Tech at home this week, at number twenty four Texas, at Baylor, home against Iowa State. There's nothing easy about that, but it's also not like three top ten opponents in the final four weeks. If TCU simply wins out and then beats whoever the number two team from the Big 12 is in the conference championship game, who would that be, by the way? Baylor? No, it's not going to be Baylor. Kansas State or... Okay, probably Kansas State. Say they beat Kansas State in the conference championship game. Is that resume resume strong enough on its own to get them there? Regardless of what else happens. No. TCU goes 13 no. and 0. There's a scenario where you can uh, keep them out. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely Jeez. there is. Here here it, it's quite simple. Winner of Tennessee Georgia wins out. Or, hmm. So Ohio State Michigan in. Clemson wins out in. Then it gets dicey. I, control your own destiny is such an overused phrase, right? And 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 it's like inaccurate also. 
but in terms of just winning every game left on your schedule to get you to the 14 playoff, is there anybody that's in the top four that if they do that is not in? Tennessee wins the rest of their games, they're in the playoff. Ohio State wins the rest of their games, they're in. Georgia wins the rest of their games, they're in. Clemson wins the rest of their games, they're in, right? Right, right. One loss Georgia, one loss Tennessee is is getting in. Yeah, well, I I agree with that, but but stick with me on the just win all the rest of them. Over undefeated. No, I see what you're saying, but I'm saying over undefeated TCU. If Tennessee loses this weekend to Georgia and then doesn't lose again, they're getting in. Michigan goes undefeated, they're in, right? Yeah. Alabama wins every game left on its schedule. It's in, right? As the SEC champ, yeah. TCU, you guys say, mm, maybe not. Let's pick this up because I, I think you can work so. your way down this list. Could be some surprising answers. We'll be right back. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. We get a message on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. On Deion Sanders, he has implied that JSU is his focus and implying not in a direct reply that he built that team, and I believe he cares deeply for the players. I think all of those things are true, but I did point out to the texter, he also said in an interview one-on-one on Friday on College Football Live with Desmond Howard, I think we talked about this on the show Friday. It was one of the rare times that I watched, right? I mean, College Football Live, I was sitting in the hotel room and had it on, and during a commercial break, saw this, um, Desmond said, you know, if the NFL comes calling, power five, he cut him off right there, and he goes, I'm not going to the NFL, not interested in the NFL, don't want any part of it in terms of coaching. And Desmond, to his credit, followed it up with, if you were to get a call from a Power 5 school. Dion said that he would be compelled to listen to that. And then he went on to say, look, he's like, my lifestyle doesn't change by going to a Power 5. He said, but my coach's lifestyle does change, and I would owe that to them. We talked about that on Friday, but just kind of a little more context um, for the uh, – for the for the message on the ceasefire text line. Yeah, you can debate the merits of one SEC school to another, and there's validity to both sides of that argument. I mean, you guys have heard me. I lived in Jackson. I've got a little soft spot in my heart for the city, and I went and had a good time at game day. But let's pretend for a second Auburn extends an offer. He's going to take it because it's Auburn. It is SEC to or versus FBS or FCS. It's a totally different thing. I'm sure he's I'm sure he loves every single one of his players. I'm sure he loves Jackson State. I have no doubt in my mind that he loves Jackson State because Jackson State gave him his shot. No doubt. And if Auburn calls and he takes it, I promise you Jackson State will be nothing but thankful for the time that he spent there and they will understand. It's an entirely different world. 
It, it just is. And I would say that it's not just about Jackson State. I would say that about Furman or Chattanooga or anybody at the FCS level. Making the jump from the FCS level to Auburn, it, it, it's a no-brainer. On the SEC teleconference today, see if I can get to this tweet. So Lane Kiffin was asked about his interest in the Auburn job. There, there were actually two questions, right? The, the first question was about his name being interested in the Auburn job. And then there was a question about Deion Sanders as well. It's kind of a, a follow-up or a, a secondary question. On the Auburn job... We don't really comment on those things, and they happen every year a lot of times. All they are is a product of players performing very well and assistant coaches. We're extremely happy here. Got something really special going, have great support here from administration, and the chancellor just trying to get better to get ready to play the best program in the last 10 years of college football coming in here. He was asked what he says to his players about his name being public. Don't tell the players anything. We have a pro mindset here that, you know, players have jobs to do and coaches, and that's how we run our program. Don't tell them about it because it's got nothing to do with anything. we got to prepare really well every day and be ready to play in the toughest conference, toughest division. It's really like being in the NFL. Every week's a grind, every game. And then he was asked about Deion Sanders to Auburn. He says, I think he'd do great. I think that's a great name, and they should hire him. Great recruiter, great name. And then he kind of went a little deeper. This is a different world we're in right now. Recruiting's always been important, but now you have the portal, so you have kids. You can change a roster faster than you ever could before, and you can lose a roster faster than you ever could before. The ability to hire a guy like Dion and have that name right away and portal people wanting to come play for him right away, you can flip a roster where before, realistically, it would take two to three years to truly turn a roster around. You can do it immediately. You see teams get depleted and look completely different the next year, like our team. I mean, picture our team without the portal and take those guys out of there what it looks like. Ole Miss fans would prefer not to picture that. He's right about it being different. It's never been like this. If you were looking for immediate impact guys, it was a rare five-star freshman or a JUCO or the occasional Mm -hmm. grad transfer. Whereas with this Ole Miss team, this year, transfer quarterback, transfer running back, true freshman running back, transfer impact linebacker, another transfer impact linebacker, it's all over the field. Yeah. And it was last year, too. The The question is, it's twofold, because I, I had people ask me about that the second those quotes came out, which, by the way, there are people that cover SEC football that intentionally, or unintentionally, and they're just incompetent, like hear what somebody says and type different. It's bizarre. Like I have seen five different iterations of the Kiffin quote today. 
That, the one I sent you guys, that's the accurate one. That's the transcript one. But uh, people manipulate his words. It's bizarre. And they do it with all coaches, not just this one. Um, but I had people text me, see, he doesn't want the Auburn job. I'm like, that's not exactly what he said. That, that was a very good... No, no if, if you wanted to look at that through a different lens, I mean, I know he's talking about Deion Sanders there, but the same would apply to him. Yep. As it pertains to the Auburn job, about flipping a roster. Because he, he can do that. That, that is not a, a denial. Constructing and destructing a roster. Right. Um, that in no way, shape, or form was a denial. Now, I believe him. I do think he's happy. There, there's some personal things that have happened in his life that would lead you to believe that he's quite happy where he is. And also, Ole Miss is paying him $7.5 million. Probably easy to be happy with that salary and their winning games and all that. I believe that side, but that's not him saying no. The next question is, why would he give an open endorsement to Deion Sanders for Auburn? Why would he tell Auburn to hire that guy? I find that funny. He's also tweeted a link out to the quotes as well. I mean, just openly like, hey, Auburn, hire not me. What's the motivation behind that? Well, I mean, he was asked. He was asked. Somebody says he wants to get rid of an in-state recruiting rival. He, you know, he's asked about it. He, if he had just been like, you know, no, I'm happy here, but man, I think Auburn could still look at Deion Sanders. That's one thing. The guy asked him about Deion Sanders, and what's he going to do? Say, no, I think he's a crap coach and a terrible person. No, he's not going to say that. And then, as somebody, well, hold on, there's there's one more angle. There's one more angle here. Every sports show that covers college football in America is going to talk about Lane Kiffin talking about Deion Sanders. True. You you think he didn't know that when he said that about Deion? True. He he's pretty darn good at that as uh as it turns out. Really 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 good at that. Yeah. So I anyway. But you, somebody asked the question on the text line, well why not deny it? Why not deny it? And I've gotten that today too. Why doesn't I I had somebody text me that said, I'm so sick of this. Why can't he just say he's not going? Leverage. Even if he knows. Let's pretend for a second he knows that if Auburn calls, if Cohen calls, which he may not, um, that he's going to say no. If he knows that, you don't give that up for a couple of reasons. Personal reasons and program reasons. Personal, he wants to get more money. As long as his name keeps hitting these hot boards, Keith Carter's going to keep getting pressure to pay him more. Leverage. His agent is too smart to let him give up leverage to get more money. He's going to get more money from Ole Miss. The longer this drags out, the higher that price goes. And two, the collective has grown by 400% in the last couple of days. By the time that Ole Miss plays Alabama, if they keep on this path, they will have four to 5,000 monthly donors to their collective. Do you want to know why that has happened? Because his name keeps coming up for the Auburn job. So even if he and, already and, knows and his the answer... Reason, the reason that has been cited by national writers is that Lane Kiffin is frustrated with some of the NIL situation at Ole Miss. And people are responding to that. So why would you shut that down? Why would you get people, oh, guys, I'm good. Everything's good here. I'm fine. I'm happy with it all. I'm good. Why would you do that? 
There is a sign-up blitz to give monthly donations to the collective that is that's actually surprising me with how fast it's growing by the thousands in 48 hours. <laughs> Why would you stop that? Bad business if you do. Another message on the ceasefire state uh, text line. Yeah, Jackson State, he can recruit based off of his fame and win on talent alone. You can't do that in the SEC. How do you know Lane wasn't being sarcastic in his comments, meaning he would be happy with them hiring Dion because he doesn't consider him a threat? It's possible. I've got some issues with that statement. Not yours. The text. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, are we in stoppage time in Champions League play? We are. Only a few seconds left. Chelsea's going to win, huh? They are. They'd already clinched the group, so this was just to just to finish up. You getting up early Sunday morning? Are you ready? Six a.m. Chelsea Arsenal. Are you ready? Boom, Derby day. Go the cannons. Boom, go the cannons. Yeah, okay. We shall see. What are they playing? Like a uh, a kids cartoon team? Dynamo's a grib. Who's that? They're 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 Croatian. It's a Croatian team. Yeah. Dynamo. Yeah. Okay. Can we go back to that text, though, on the at Jackson State, you can just win on talent alone and you, elsewhere you, you can't? You, you don't want to keep talking about Champions League? Uh, I, I mean, no, I, I no, will no. disrupt this. The answer this. is no. The answer is no. Go ahead. Yes. No, we the can World go Cup's 19 that. days away or 18 days away, so I will also be locked into soccer at some point on this program in the mm-hmm. future. So... When you say that at Jackson State you can only win based on fame and talent alone, what do you mean by that, and why is that different than in the SEC? Now hear me out. Do you think Kirby Smart is the best coach of football in college football? When it comes to breaking down X's and O's, is he the best at it? No. Then why is he winning? Because he's got good connections... And he, and he hires a good staff. He's Is also he a, a good football coach. He is. But he gets the best players. Why do you think Ryan Day's winning at Ohio State? People think he's a good coach. Probably is. But Ohio State has, every game they've played this year, have had better players than their opponent. Every single game, Ohio State has had better players than their opponent. Every game that Alabama has played this year, even with the loss, they've had better players than their opponent. But it's not enough to just have the best players anymore. It is not. But then you look at his record. Remember, people are just... He's not recruiting against SWAC teams with SEC resources. He's recruiting against SWAC teams with SWAC resources. And he's beating them still. And he's getting the players still. And he's winning games. Jackson State's the, other, the Alabama of the SWAC, though, traditionally. Yeah, I mean, they're right there traditionally with Grambling. All, but, I mean, Alcorn was the dominant pro- program in the SWAC when Dion showed up. 
He's been able to turn that on his on his own in-state rival. The other issue is this. I mean, we say you're, you're just recruiting off fame. These kids aren't signing with him because, oh, hey, I get to hang out with Deion Sanders three hours a day. Like, he has to recruit them. And, I mean, you get a player like Travis Hunter who could have gone literally anywhere. I mean, you don't just say, hey, I'm Deion Sanders, come come hang out with me. You got you got to recruit. So that that's 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 just a it's just not a good statement. And they're again they're winning football games, dominating football, dominating football games. And when when he's at Jackson State and he can get NFL coaches, successful ones, Mike Zimmer and bless him, he's dealing with a tragedy right now, but visited his program recently to just hang out and help and coach and scout and do that kind of stuff. Mhm. What do you think he'd do with all with SEC on his chest? I, I, I don't look. I, I know it's different. He's different. He's very different. People remember his playing days and, and how he acted. Watch some videos of him in team meetings, and tell me that guy's not ready to lead, or that he's not a leader, that he's only a spectacle, that he's not smart. Watch him talk to his team and tell me that he doesn't have the right stuff to also win football games, which they're currently doing. I don't, I, I don't understand that. He's winning football games, and the most important job for a college football coach is what? Getting win players. Because when you get players, you win games. It's that simple. Yeah, I, I don't entirely agree with you on it being that simple. That I, I, Getting players is the most important piece, but, you know... Texas A&M is example number one of that not being enough. You you got to coach them, you got to develop them, and you got to build culture, and you got to have them playing the same way. And when something goes wrong, you got to have not have finger pointing and kind of build all that together. So I mean, I, yes, it's been I agree. demonstrated though. I, I guess is my point. It's not like there, there isn't a sample size of can coach and win games. Also, can build staff. Also. Yeah, but then the other piece of it also is there are better teams around him. Like, I, I get the you're recruiting in the SWAC and you're playing the SWAC and, and, and you're dominating there, but even if Auburn has a roster that is as good as anybody in the country, so does Alabama and so does Georgia, and those are your two chief rivals, and LSU's on the build, and we'll see what Billy Napier does at Florida and Ole Miss is better than they've been consistently in a really long time, and Mississippi State can jump up and bite you, and and Arkansas is better than so. Even if the honor somebody else goes to Auburn and they recruited a really high level and they build a good staff and they've got good culture, that doesn't guarantee you're winning. Can you say that about every single coach? Absolutely, always. Absolutely, you can. It's not a. It's not a. Knock on Dion. I'm just saying it's not a slam dunk either. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour coming up. We'll start things off at the College Football Fix. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi.
hour on Sports Talk Mississippi. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can book your tee time or plan your trip today online at DancingRabbitGolf.com. And you can always go to PearlRiverResort.com to see the latest that is happening at Pearl River Resort. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love for you to join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get uh, gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in C Spire country. Check availability now at cspire.com slash business. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, thanks for being with us. Final hour of the show on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week. It is time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix brought to you every day by your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Drive the F-150. 45 years. F-Series has been the best-selling truck in America. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. So let's look at some of the games this weekend. Some of the lines, and, and we're talking nationally even. So you had two... Maction games last night. You've got two more coming up tonight. Cole Kublik will be on the uh, call for the game in Bowling Green. Bowling Green, Ohio. So uh, Central Michigan and Northern Illinois. That one may be kind of a tough watch. A couple of two and six teams on ESPNU at six o'clock. And then at six on ESPN2, Western Michigan and Bowling Green. And then tomorrow night, UTEP Rice, eh? Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina. So you got those two coming up tomorrow night. That could be fun. Some good quarterback play in that one. App State and Coastal Carolina could be a lot of fun. You're right. Grayson McCall, 19 touchdown passes on the year for Coastal. Fun offense, too. I don't know when it's going to happen. Somebody's going to start looking at Jamie Chadwell. They're a lot of fun. I mean, it, it, it's not just the offense, but like the program itself. It, it seems like it's just a, a really like a good vibe. I know that's very millennial to say, but that's what Coastal Carolina gives off. The way they act on the sidelines, the way they play, how fun their offense is, the way Jamie Chadwell acts. It's just like a good time. I, I, I wish I could be a part of it when I watch them. You mean like go back and go to school there? No, or? just like I wish I was a Coastal fan where I could just enjoy the ride because, like, the, okay, some people may not like this. They'll you get could adopt uh, Coastal as your team. I could. I mean, I I got accepted there because it was everybody's safety school. You were guaranteed to go to college if you lived in South Carolina when you dropped that application in at Coastal Carolina. You were guaranteed a four-year school acceptance, man. But no, they do the you might same. Have more teal in your closet. Yeah, and it's a good color. I like their color scheme. Hate the field though. I don't like the teal field. I always think my TV's messed up because it's close enough to green to where anyway. But uh, in the past, they've done this thing where they'll take like a stuffed animal of whatever their mascot, their opponent's mascot is. So let's just mm-hmm. pretend they beat Florida. They would have a 
stuffed animal gator, and they would take a little electric chainsaw and saw it in half in the locker room after the game. That is a thing. <laughs> that uh, That is a thing at Coastal. Three games on Friday night, UMass and UConn. UConn trying to pick up win number five on the season. Duke and Boston College in suburban Boston, Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. And how about number 23, Oregon State at Washington? Both of them 6-2. and two. Both of them 3-2 and two in the Pac-12. Michael Penix Jr. has put up huge numbers this year at Washington. He is closing in on 3,000 yards passing on the season. 2,934 yards, 22 touchdowns, and just four interceptions this year for Michael Penix Jr., the Indiana transfer at quarterback. That Indiana would like to still have him. And that's a late kick. That's a 9.30 kick on ESPN2 on uh, on Friday night. So that'll be fun. And then we get to Saturday. Uh, Texas Tech at TCU. Texas Tech got handled pretty easily at home by Baylor last week. Yeah, the 11 a.m. window is a bit of a stretch, but you've got a couple of these. If Tulane's interesting to you, you can watch them. But TCU's undefeated, man, and and they've got a dark horse Heisman candidate at quarterback. So while you're warming up for the better games, you can at least put that one on for a bit. I did not know that they had renamed Globe Life Park. So that's the former home of the Texas... Sorry, I'm, I'm tying this into football. That's the former home of the Texas Rangers. That was the ballpark at Arlington, and then it became Globe Life Park before you had Globe Life Field across the street, which is the retractable roof stadium now. It's now Choctaw Stadium, and that is where Army and Air Force are playing this weekend. 10.30 game on CBS on Saturday morning, Air Force and Army in Arlington, Texas at Choctaw Stadium. I think last year those two teams played inside Globe Life Field. It was the first college football game that was played there. Anyway, so... You can start your day with a 10.30 kickoff in Dallas if you are so inclined. That's before game day even ends. Um, TCU, by the way, 9.5-point favorite against Texas Tech. How about one loss, Tulane, going to Tulsa? Tulane's a 7.5-point favorite. Tulsa's got problems. they got big problems. Saw them last week. Health is an issue. Not getting pressure on the opposing quarterback. Can't stop anybody. Feels like Tulane picks up another win. Gave Ole Miss a little trouble. Uh, no. I mean, Davis Brim got hurt in that game against Ole Miss. He was leading the country in passing through the first three weeks. Had an ankle injury. Not terribly mobile to start with. It's more like a statue. And then he got knocked out of the game again last week. Yeah, the backup played great in the Ole Miss game, but yeah, regardless, He, he was okay last week. Um. To tell you how that Tulsa-SMU game went last week, SMU had a true freshman quarterback that was starting because Tanner Mordecai was in concussion protocol. I'm sorry, not second-year freshman. He got knocked out of the game. 
with a shoulder injury, and they went to their true freshman who had not played a snap all season long, and he was really good. Anyway, just say that Tulsa's got problems. Georgia's an eight-point favorite. Is it eight or eight and a half? It's gone back it was eight, eight this morning. Yeah, it's at eight. And the total is 66. So the early money likes some firewalls. Hey, you're going to have to dig deep into that wallet if you want to go to this one. Get in the door ticket price for Tennessee, Georgia, number one versus number two, in a 92,000-seat stadium, $559 just to get in the building. Yeah. You're sit up top. I'm, I like Kendon Hooker. I like Josh Heupel. I like the Tennessee story. But man, just like in baseball, those people need to be humbled. Eric Ainge, for example, y'all remember Eric Ainge? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, said today that Sanford Stadium is not intimidating, and it it's nothing like playing in Neyland. <sighs> These people in there, everything we have is better than yours mentality, again, like in baseball, needs to be humbled. And I hope Georgia does it. Sanford is not as intimidating an environment as Neyland Stadium. But it's going to be good on Saturday. Right. So, pretending like, oh, they're, they're walking into nothing, that's easy. No, it won't be. It, and it won't be easy because of the team on the field they're playing. That, too. And that's the biggest reason it's not going to be easy. Is this one going to live up to the billing, live up to the hype the way Tennessee-Alabama did? Can we get that a second time this year? Can anything be that? Sure. It's going to be tough. Georgia fans haven't been tortured for 15 years by Tennessee, though. You're right. There was some therapy involved in that win in Knoxville. Georgia fans are expecting it in this one, you know, every year. Alabama's a 13.5-point favorite at LSU. A lot of points. You said take them or lay them? I just said a lot of points. Oh, a lot of points. Yeah, it is a lot of points. Texas is favored by three at Kansas State? Really? Ooh. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. This weekend, we've uh, we've scrolled through some of them. That that early slate of games, I ain't good enough. Not, you know, just kind of a light appetizer. Kentucky, Missouri. This game feels important for both of those teams. Kentucky's five and three. They're two and three in the league. Missouri's four and four. They're two and three in the league. When you look at the remaining schedules for both of these teams, Kentucky after this game against Missouri has Vandy, Georgia, and Louisville. Kentucky's going to get to bowl eligibility. 
But if they don't win this one, they're kind of staring six and six in the face. Yeah, if they win, they're probably going eight and four. But if if not, yeah, and uh, and, and I think this game is much more Kentucky. A lot versus. better. They are. This game's a lot more important for Kentucky than Missouri at this point, I think. But you know, we'll see. Missouri has played better this year than I think we we get would have thought they would at the beginning of the season. They're still not good. They've played better. Yeah, yeah but Missouri's route to a bowl game is winning this one. So they're no, yeah, four no and doubt. four. They've got Kentucky this week. Then they go to Tennessee. They host New Mexico State and they finish with Arkansas. You give them a win against so, New Mexico yeah, they're State. They're going to beat New Mexico State. Yeah. yeah. They got this is the one, I guess. Yeah. You guys make a Florida and Texas A and M trash, gross, just just a gross, disgusting, scummy football game. Good As for who nothing. makes the fewest? Yeah, who 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 makes the fewest mistakes wins, and they're all they're both going to make a baker's dozens worth. It's just who makes the fourteenth one. Is it legal to make fun of jorts if you're wearing overalls? Oh, they'll do it. That's a great question. Did you hear the joke, by the way? The uh, the old rock, the good ag joke about Ole Miss on Friday night? Was that the heartless, I, gutless, I, spineless thing? Well, not not just that, but yes, the the whole good for nothing, spine, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, but no, old rock, the good ag was a pilot this week, and he was a pilot, and uh, there was an old Miss grad that thought he had a first class ticket, but he didn't, and he wouldn't move, and they wanted to get him to go back to to his seat. He said, no, I'm sitting in first class. So Ulrock, the good ag, in his infinite wisdom, went up to the old and said, well, this half of the plane isn't going to Mississippi, so if you sit in the back, the back half of the plane is going to go to Mississippi. And he got up and ran to the back. So... I guess I've got a brand right, now because right. I, I got tagged on that on Twitter or sent via DM by at least ten people. Mm. So yeah, gross. Um, they're very disgusting football game. I mean, if you want more pain, you got Iowa and Purdue. Oh, in West Lafayette, Indiana, at Ross Aid Stadium. You could watch Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech. If you want more pain, Virginia Tech actually favored in that game. There's a uh, there's a great American Conference matchup in Philadelphia on Saturday. South Florida and Temple. Spent some time on the phone with Temple's coach earlier today. First-year head coach Stan Drayton. Whew. Guys, that one... I am thankful for all of the television assignments. I I, I do not um, I do not take any of them for granted. But this one is somebody's gonna get their first win in the American Conference on Saturday with South Florida and Temple. Boom. Boom. It's great stuff. Is it? Sure. Just being nice. Why not? Somebody's going to get it their first win. That's good stuff. All yeah. football is good football, I guess. Um, All football. How about Liberty in Arkansas? See, Except for Florida, Texas A&M. That is not good football. We will not, we will not give it that label. See, now, 
Liberty, Arkansas is one of those games where I wouldn't recommend watching it from the beginning considering what else is going on during that time. Mm-hmm. But keep checking your score app. If it gets weird, it might be worth flipping channels late, right? Yeah, keep checking yeah. that score app. Saturday night's pretty good. Alabama LSU kicks at 6 on ESPN. Texas and Kansas State kicks at 6 on FS1. BYU and Boise State kicks at 6 on FS2. 6.30, you get Clemson-Notre Dame on NBC. That that one right there. Notre Dame has, has hit a, a little bit of a stride, right? They, they beat Syracuse, a team that, by the way, Clemson didn't beat except for on the scoreboard, which I know is the only place that counts, but still. Notre Dame's got a real shot at pulling an upset here. And the ACC would immediately be eliminated, I believe, from playoff contention. Now you got pesky North Carolina hanging around. But that... One loss, North Carolina. So with, seven and 7-1. With elite quarterback play, by the way. All jokes aside about Phil Longo, he can identify and recruit quarterbacks. He's the guy that identified and recruited Matt Corral. That worked out. And this May kid is a Jordan star. Tom. Tom. really, really good. Jordan Tom was... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he can see quarterbacks, man. That absolutely undeniable. But this is a massive Those receivers football game. would just get open, no problems. I know, right? But it's gonna it's gonna feel buried a little bit around here. Obviously, I understand why. But you want to talk about a playoff elimination game? If Clemson loses, I don't think they're getting in. No, 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 no. And I think no, they're not. And I think there's a great chance they go up there and lose this game. They've demonstrated the ability to lose games despite being undefeated often. Notre Dame Stadium under the lights is pretty cool. Yeah. Arizona's at Utah. Auburn, Mississippi State, 630 on ESPN2. Bulldogs are a 13-point favorite in this game. Hey, Dad, when I mentioned 13 earlier for that that Alabama-LSU game, you said a lot of points. 13 here. Mm -hmm. Still feel like a lot of points? Not as many. No, I mean, Auburn's not a good football team. They've given up 40-plus points in each of the last three games. Um, I don't feel like this is – the way State plays at home, I don't feel like this is too many points. It'll be a good environment Saturday night. I talked to some people at the Alabama game, and they told me that they thought ticket sales were pretty much on par for what State had for A&M and Arkansas, between A&M and Arkansas. Okay. So they're expecting 50,000-plus. Yeah. yeah, that'll be good. Night game, mid to upper 60s at kickoff. It's not bad at all. No. Got South Carolina at Vanderbilt on uh, on the SEC network. South Carolina is favored by a touchdown. Porky, how, how about this? I, Borky, you're old enough. I'm not making an age joke. Oh, I, you, you can't offend me. I know. Hey, Dad, this one this will grab you. Florida State at Miami, 6.30, ABC, Saturday night. If a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Did you have any idea that Florida State and Miami were playing in football this weekend? Did not. Nope. That used to be the game of the year. Yeah. Felt like a, you know, playing on Labor Day night. Played on a Saturday afternoon with Keith Jackson calling it on ABC. Oh, I missed it right. 
Five and three Florida State, four and four Miami in South Florida. Still got ABC, but there's a lot of good stuff going on around it that night. Later kicks UCLA at Arizona State, Cal at USC. And then uh, Hawaii is on the mainland. They're actually in Fresno, so they get to kick at 9.30 Central this week instead of midnight Central. That's what's happening around the country this weekend. It's the weekend of the year. Because of the states. Overall, or just in the SEC? Which is kind of where we started the conversation this afternoon. Yeah, and I guess because of that. I mean, the East and West, I mean... Will the SEC East and the SEC West be decided on Saturday? Yes or no? The East, yes. The West, no. West is decided next Saturday in Oxford. So either A, Brian Haydad thinks that LSU's beating Alabama, or B, Brian Haydad thinks that Ole Miss has a chance to beat Alabama. I just just gave away what I said. I said the West will be decided next Saturday in Oxford. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, Richard, I know you love football and calling games, but don't call South Florida and Temple a great game. David, uh, David, your smeller was broken. You, yeah, you, the, uh, you, you didn't smell the sarcasm there at all. Did, did you feel that, David? Your hair blow a little bit? Right over that. That was the joke flying over your head. Uh, Barden Columbus is going to rain in Starkville at kickoff. And remember, had to come from behind last year, so that's a lot of points. Okay. Larry and Mize. My nine on the road. They can't win by 13 at home. Jeez. Larry and uh, Mize, is Hey Dad the biggest homer of all time or what? Actually, he's not. I can think of more. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's time to get real. Real Sports Talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. We will, tomorrow and Friday, spend a lot more time kind of diving into the matchup between Mississippi State and Auburn. But hey, let's take our, our first big look at this game on Saturday night in Starkville. Um, and we should mention real quick that uh, Borky and I will be in Starkville on Friday at the Greater Starkville uh, Development Partnership. Yes, we will. That is correct. And we will be joined, we will be joined by Dr. Mark Keenum. So we will hopefully get some uh, some some information on this uh, search for a new athletic director. Yeah, the uh, first question is going to be: So who's going to replace John Cohen? Please <laughs> tell me, tell me. Come on, just you can tell us. It might be a bit more subtle, Borky. No, I, we'll just do it like that. You're not leaving <laughs> until you tell us, so you might as well just. He could take us, Borky. Don't don't don't, don't let that genteel uh, exterior uh, fool you. Speaking of genteel, I am. Genteel See what I apparel. did for you there? 
is the official clothing provider, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can visit them online at genteelapparel.com. By the way, this genteel is spelled differently than that genteel that Haydad was referencing it just is. a moment ago. Uh, men's clothing stores all across Mississippi. Landry's in Oxford. Randy Price and Company in Hattiesburg. Abraham's in Indianola. Mile 363 in Natchez, Abraham's in Cleveland. So lots of spots that you can get Genteel Apparel. You can also go to their website, genteelapparel.com. So my brother was in town for like 24 hours a week ago. And he's like, hey, where in Oxford can I get the the Genteel stuff? He's like, I want to try one of their shirts. And he went by Landry's, and he picked one out. And he called me today. He's like, dude. He's like, I know you've been telling me about these. He's like, they changed my life. He's like, that's the most comfortable golf shirt I've ever put on in my life. He's like, can you get me more? It's like, well, I'll see what I can do. We'll, we'll, we'll work on something. Uh, so, yeah, Paul loves them. You'll love them, too, if you try them, if you never have before. Genteelapparel.com. Find uh, a local men's store in your area or go to their website, genteelapparel.com. So, all right, State Auburn. Yep. Where does it start? Well, I think it starts with, with where we are. You know, the game is at Davis Wade Stadium, and State has just been so Jekyll and Hyde this year. But at home, they're great. You know, they, they average 40 points a game at home. Will Rogers, very comfortable at home. They run the ball better at home for whatever reason. So, when I look at this game, you know, I see it that it's at home. I see an Auburn defense that's given up 40 points four times this year, including three straight games. Um, I, I like State to, to be able to move the football on Auburn and put points on the board. What do you think Mississippi State's health situation is? It's as good as it's been this year. I expect Jaden Crumity to play in this game. I expect that okay. he's back from injury. I expect LaQuinston Sharp back. What was his and injury, Dylan, by the way? I mean, I know they oh, don't touch specific injury. No, I, I mean, I get that. But with Crumity, I, I don't. I don't. Rec- I honestly don't. Oh, with Crumity, yeah. Okay, Crumity was a. It was a wrist injury that, and then now we're talking. We're getting into the rumor mill that there was some. Some there was it. It, it damaged some nerves or something. Oh, it was because okay. yeah, you think about you think about a, a D lineman, right? Normally they they injure a wrist. They just put a club on and go. This was such that he could not do it. So they've 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 held when him out. Did that happened in the season. In camp, oh, it was, camp. So it was preseason. He has not played at all. This yeah, he hasn't. Year. Okay, he hasn't played this year. He could That's technically right. redshirt. I don't think that he will because I, th- I think he's got an NFL future. Okay. But he could redshirt for state. He's only going to play in these final four games. I guess you know, not counting a bowl game if state gets there. Um, but anyway, Crumity back, Sharp back, and then Dylan Johnson. I think is going to play this weekend. He may not be a hundred percent, but I think he's he's going to give it a go. So state is about as healthy as they've been all year. And with Dylan Johnson. That's a big deal, right? Because, I mean, those two mm-hmm. running backs really complement uh, each other well. And yeah. when the Dylan Johnson injury happened, there were a lot of people that thought it was a for the year, like done for the season. Yeah. And turned out, obviously, not to be that. Yeah, there was a lot of torn MCL or something, and that wasn't the case. I think it was just, again, you know, they don't tell us. I think it was just a meniscus, and he's been able to, to rehab through that pretty quickly. Um so expect him back, and, and like you said, with him and Marks, and then Simeon Price has sort of stepped up this against Alabama. He had a decent game. So I, I think if the rain is there, I think State's going to run the football. 
Um, Auburn is not good against the run. They're not good against really at anything, but I, I see State getting into the 40s for this one, the same way they did against Texas A&M and Arkansas. So you said you think State's going to run the football. By the way, the forecast for Saturday, high of 69, 100% chance of thunderstorms. Um, so that's mainly during the day, though. Scattered thunderstorms in the afternoon uh, and then into the evening. Occasional rain showers, low of 58. So you're probably looking at low 60s at kickoff and just kind of a damp night. So you bring up a great point, right? People have torched Auburn Mm -hmm. on the ground. Ole Miss ran for a ton. Arkansas ran for a ton. It's not what Mississippi State does, though. So why is it that we think now that's what Mississippi State is going to do? Oh, I don't think it'll be a ton about running the football, but I think they'll get back to what they did again. What they did against A&M and Arkansas, which is just keep it balanced, run the ball when you can, and run it effectively. I don't think any, by any stretch it State's going to be running the ball 40 times in this game. I don't care if it's a torrential downpour. But they will. Get, I think they will get back to because they have to, Richard. They have to. They can't. The offense cannot be as one dimensional it was as it was against Kentucky and Alabama. There, that's there's no, there's no way to win doing that. That's the, that's what you did in 2020, and you, when you couldn't win. So it, it's got to be that way for Mississippi State. Why do you think they've regressed in terms of pushing it down the field a little bit and running it less? But because the, the running, running more it, thing was working. I, I think it's because, you know, and remember, it's just these two games we're talking about. We're just talking about Kentucky and Alabama. It's yeah, the, but that's the, the last defense two they lost is the big play. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying is Kentucky and Alabama brought more pressure on and loaded the box more than Will Rogers had seen before. You go back and watch A&M, and especially if you go back and watch Arkansas, it's a ton of rush three and drop eight. And state was able just to have their way. Kentucky put put people in the box. Alabama put people in the box, and they put pressure on Will Rogers, and they did a better job of stuffing the run. Here's a stat for you: in the SEC, in number of quote unquote big plays, which is runs that go over ten yards or passes that go over twenty, Mississippi State is thirteenth in the SEC in big plays with fifty. Vanderbilt's last with forty-eight. Yeah, that that's a that's a harrowing stat for Mississippi State fans. Yeah. For reference, because always Ole Miss is first at hundred and eighteen. Arkansas second at ninety. Hmm. That's runs only. Or runs or all? passes. Runs over ten. Passes over twenty. Okay. Does Auburn try to replicate, and, and, and personnel-wise they can't necessarily do it, do they try to replicate the game plan that Kentucky utilized? And, and I mean, I guess you could say Alabama as well, but it, it feels like personnel-wise they're a whole lot closer to Kentucky than they are Alabama. Right. 
Uh, they they can do that. I think Auburn can. can well, I think that's what they will do because that's what's going to be shown on tape, right? They're going to look and see. Look, if we just give this guy time to throw, they'll run the football and they'll pick us apart. We've got to pressure him. They've got guys who can pressure the quarterback. Derek Hall, of course, you know the Gulfport kid. Everybody knows him. They've got some guys who can do that. Yeah, I, I think it's it's very fair to assume that that Auburn is going to try to put guys in the box and and sort of tell Will Rogers if he can beat us deep, do it. Because he hasn't shown that he can. Yeah, you're right. He is not. Certainly not consistently, but really just hasn't, period. Um, what about Auburn offensively? I mean, Robbie Ashford doesn't really scare you. He can hurt you with his legs, but, well, you know, but really. But State the has game, struggled State's with. Been, go ahead. State struggled with mobile quarterbacks, though. Jaden Daniels ran wild on them. Uh, Malik Hornsby had a lot of success against them in the Arkansas game. Bryce Young, not so much running the ball, but keeping plays alive with his mobility, gave gave State a lot of fits. So, a mobile quarterback is is a problem for State so far this year. So, yeah, they gotta they gotta try to limit Ashford as best they can. Well, and, and then the other question is, can Auburn run the ball? Obviously, they've got good backs, but Mississippi State's run defense has been pretty darn good, at least for the most part. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at SuperTalk.fm and SuperTalk TV. We'll be back. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. Now. You guys see the story this afternoon. Gonzaga is in conversations with the Big 12 to join the conference. Obviously, they don't play football. But how about that addition potentially to the Big 12 in basketball? You got the last two national champions in Baylor and Kansas. Gonzaga's been a one seed for the last five years. They've played in, what, two championship games, 2017 and 2021? I don't know that the travel would be much fun for Gonzaga or for the folks that have got to go to Spokane on a regular basis, but it'd be kind of cool. We'll see where that goes. Central Florida to Gonzaga would be a tremendous trip. Oh, yeah, it would. Cross country, literally cross country for a Tuesday night volleyball match. For your women's volleyball team, Tuesday night they're going to Gonzaga. Jeez Louise, or the other way around. That is a long trip. Or you were telling me, I haven't really followed this story. I just kind of roll my eyes about it. But so Dan Snyder, the Snyder family, owners of the Washington Commanders, formerly the Redskins, uh, hired a bank to explore the possible sale of the Commanders. That was earlier today. And then later in the day, sources, U.S. Attorney's Office investigating Commanders over alleged financial improprieties. Hmm. That's a good PR move. I got to give them credit, though. That's PR 101. Release whatever scoop leak that you're exploring options to sell the team. And then the second wave is not near as impactful. It never is. It never is. And so they won the PR battle today. But yeah, 
he's selling the team because get six billion dollars while you can before the feds come calling they're they're valued at four or five six billion dollars aren't they yeah and and they'll they'll get a new stat the the, very shortly after ownership changes hands they'll get a new stadium project going i mean they've already got land picked out and all that but the city's going to pay for it or you know how that goes but nobody's going to do it with snyder so he's going to sell the punishment for being at best, an absolute dirtbag, and at worst, a criminal, is going to be $6 billion earned. That's his punishment. Yeah. Well, Good work I if mean, you can get I guess it. If it's, I guess if it's criminal, he might go to jail also, but prison. Oh, uh, with, with that money, they'll find their way out. Yeah. Yeah, people talk about right. privilege in this country. No, it's, it's rich privilege. If I did what Dan Snyder's doing... There's no way I'm getting out of prison. He's not going to spend a day in jail. Watch. More on privilege at 6 in the morning. With Gallo, yeah. You see, Kansas has suspended Bill Self for the first four games of the regular season. That'll Wasn't show that him. Like NCAA mandatory or something? Yeah. And that was part of their, 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 their findings or something? I don't know. He and Curtis Townsend were suspended for the first four games as uh, the Jayhawks also imposed recruiting restrictions as part of the fallout from the FBI investigation into college basketball stemming from 2017. They will miss games against Omaha, North Dakota State, Southern Utah, and then Duke. So the, the Duke one stings. Maybe not Duke, but those first three, they could have done an NIL giveaway. Donate to NIL and you can coach the team. Sit on the end of the bench. Call timeouts. <laughs> Probably not against Duke. Bill Self and Curtis Townsend not against Duke. will rejoin I, the team I, I, in I, time to face NC State in the battle for Atlantis. There you go. <laughs> so you come off a of suspension and go to the Bahamas. <laughs> for you. Just kind of ease into the season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, two matching games tonight. Got another World Series game tonight. Houston up. Or uh, down two games to one. Philly leading it two games to one. I don't know if you guys have followed it at all, but Bryce Harper has been amazing. He was in this a, saw a uh, playoff run. Saw a tweet tweet from Freezing Cold Takes where uh, where Cashman said the Yankees they didn't need to pursue Bryce Harper. Mm. Just just wanted to tell you that. Shouldn't it be the Washington Nationals who didn't think he had enough left in the tank? Weren't willing to pay the note? Well, I mean, I'm just saying. They probably just weren't willing to pay anybody. Yeah. He, Schwarber's been good. Real Muto's been good. Harper's been good. Castellano. This is a hot team. Feels a lot like 2008. And I don't feel... I feel like you have the Astros fans cheering for the Astros, and that's it. That's it. Everybody else cheered. That is correct. Even that Mattress correct. Mac was filmed getting in scuffles in the at the game last night because he couldn't stand being called a cheater. Mm. Like, man, you guys admitted to it. And I say you guys. He had nothing to do with it. The Astros no. admitted to it. No. So just wear it. You got to. If you're going to go to Philly of all places, you got to expect that. And if you can't handle it, just don't go. Mattress Mac was in the stadium at 5.15 today, taking pictures, signing some autographs, doing some news hits. He's and locked in. 
and anxiously hoping that his Astros can find a way to win three of the next four so that he can cash $75 million in winning bet tickets. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi. Good night. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.